Welcome back. Welcome back, man. Appreciate every single one of you that decides to listen to this show. Uh, this is Sports Counterpoints Podcast. I'm GB. Got Coop. Got Brian. As always, what's up, guys? What's up, everyone? Man, back to it. Back to it, man. Uh, so yeah, we are uh, excited. We in the throes of the NFL playoffs. So we're going to talk about last week's playoff game, some exciting football happening, a great time for the NFL. Talk about our thoughts about the overtime rules currently and maybe some some better options. Uh, we'll do our predictions for the NFL this week, and then we'll actually get into a little bit of baseball, talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame. So starting with last week's playoffs, first and foremost, I mean, I don't know that the NFL could ask for more from, you know, a round of playoffs. And even I was thinking about this, B, like we came down to, with you to watch the first games of the season. That first weekend was phenomenal. That Thursday you know, well, the first game, game, I was going to say that first game was phenomenal. Cowboys, um, that Monday night was the Raiders. Um, I think this, I came in the Sunday night game, but they just all year they, they were able to put a good a good product on the field. So last week was no different. I mean, amazing rounds, all walk off scores to, to win the games, starting with the Bengals and the Titans um, and, and a little bit of an upset. You know what I mean? Shout out to the baby Bengals, man. They out here getting to it. What'd you think as you're watching the game? B? Um, well, I, I've been a big fan of the Bengals. I thought that they played good football. I really, really liked watching um, uh, King Henry be back. I mean, he, uh, he, looked he, he looked, yeah, he looked like a running back. I said that a lot of the whether or not we were going to be able to, whether they were going to be able to win was going to be on Derrick Henry. Sure. Derrick Henry looked good, but the yardage that they got out of Donta Foreman, Deonta Foreman, that was what really kind of kept them in the game. They were able to pound, keep the score low, not put uh, Tannehill in too many bad positions. He still threw three damn picks, and that's the reason they lost. Um, on the other side, you know, I'm a big fan of Burrow. I think yeah, the guy has arrived. Um, I've been saying that for a minute, and I and, and continue to say it. Mixon didn't get off like I thought he would, but he played, you know, he played well. He only got 14 carries, four yards carry, and a touchdown. Um, and then Jamar Chase, Beat. he's the next. He, yeah, he, he, those, those LSU, LSU wide receivers – People are going to go to LSU and play sure. wide receiver just because someone's going to draft somebody who doesn't have, has no business being drafted because they're going to think that Jefferson and chase is what's going on um, over there. They need to remember that the coach is now gone, but, uh, but it was a good game. Um, uh, I got all of the unders. Uh, I got all of the, the over unders right this week, but this is the only game that I was able to, to pick the winner on. Um, so, so obviously I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, Jason, what about you, man? What'd you think about that game? You're on mute, brother. Cool. You're on mute. There you go. Back on mute, bro. Shout out to the fans. Hold on. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So I was undefeated actually picking games until the Tennessee Cincinnati game. Uh, I have to give... First game, right. Uh, I give <laughs> I give Burrow and the rookie kicker credit. Um, you got to give Burrow credit because he put his team in position to get the last second field goal. And the rookie kicker, he's cocky, but, man, he, he makes field goals. You know what I'm saying? And uh, But as much credit as I got to give them, the best player on the Bengals was Ryan Tannehill. Got to give him his shout-out because he – I mean, he led, cold, the league, he led the league in red zone interceptions this year, and he didn't disappoint this game. I think, Brian, I think we agreed last year that he owes Derrick Henry some of his salary for getting him an extension because he is really not that good. And he proved 
how good he was in the playoffs, you know, this game when the team really needed him. Uh, Derrick Henry didn't seem like the same running back in the second half. Seemed like he was getting stuffed a lot. And I think they kind of over-relied on him a little bit too much. I thought he was going to be used more as an inspirational lift and, you know, somewhat as a decoy. I figure if Tennessee had just did what they have been doing, they've been okay. But, but there is – When you throw the, all those picks, you don't have to put guys deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true too, right? Um, so, you know um, – I, I don't think – I think those – I really believe those interceptions really aided the Bengals, but you got to give them credit. They still won the game, but I think if you hold a playoff team under 20 points, you have to win. I don't think Tennessee played particularly bad as a team. I just think Tannehill kind of shot them in the in the foot a little bit, and I think if I had to do it all over again, I still would have taken Tennessee. But, um, you know, they sacked Ryan Tannehill – I mean, they sacked Joe Burrow nine times. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, and Burrow just – what's impressive – what I like when I, when I evaluate or look at a quarterback, one thing I do is how is he in times of distress or when things aren't going right or the team isn't playing so well? And he got he got hit numerous other times, got sacked nine times, still came back. It didn't phase him. And that team, you could tell, they look to him to be the leader because the Bengals need a culture changer, and he has to be that guy. So he's stepping up to be that guy. They look and see he's cool. They be like, okay, we're going to be all right. We're going to win this game. So got to be your believer yet? No, no, no. I ne- like I said, I never said Burrow was bad. I said he's going to the Bengals. One good season is not going to change my opinion on the Bengals. The Bengals are going to have to keep this up. But, um, but yeah, the Bengals won. You know, credit to them. I think Tennessee uh, you know, blew it. And if Tennessee comes back next year with Ryan Tannehill, then, you know, nobody should feel sorry for him. I mean, because they need to – they definitely need to make a change of quarterback if they want to make it to uh, the, the next level. Because if they play again next year, I would take Cincinnati in that game next year. Uh, but yeah, so those are my thoughts on the, on the game. Yeah, both the one seeds, man, getting knocked out. And I thought that was pretty crazy. Like, that was a pretty interesting situation. So, uh, yeah, that was a good game. Bengals win it at the end. Um, beat the Titans, who, you know, you, you kind of never know who you're going to get with the Titans. They, they play a hard fought game, but didn't have it. So, sliding to that next game, man, what a, what a, what a Saturday night that made for, huh? Eh? With the, uh, the Niners, man. Niners and the uh, Packers. So I didn't. I only watched the first half of the game. I didn't watch the second half. I watched the second half later, the entire second half. So we, the Fort, I'm not gonna say we, the 49ers. I can say we. Damn it, we we're the only team in the playoff history ever score one touchdown and win a game, and it was a special teams touchdown at that. Even Kyle Shanahan said he didn't know how we were gonna get into the end zone. I mean that. I think that game was more uh, Green Bay playing a whole lot worse than us, because I don't really believe in bad losses or great wins, but that I think is a bad loss for Green Bay. I think they had everything in their favor and uh, they couldn't get it done. And the person I blame the most, I know LaFleur took the blame. He's the coach. I get it. But a person I have to blame for that is Aaron Rodgers. Um, When I watched that game, the replay of it, he only threw to two people, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. He didn't throw it. He didn't trust or throw anybody else. After Mercedes Lewis fumbled the ball in the first quarter, he stopped throwing to him. And I think somebody else had a drop and he stopped throwing to that person as well. He only threw to two people. And on that bomb play towards the end of the game, when uh, Devontae, we tried to force it to Devontae Adams, Lazard was open right over in the middle of the field. It would have been the first down to sustain the drive. But Aaron Rodgers only really trusts, you know, who he trusts. So he's not going to, you know, spread the ball around everybody. Um, I didn't know that Aaron Rodgers was 0-4 against the 49ers in the playoffs. And I didn't know that he's 11-10 in the playoffs. With Aaron, with a name like Aaron Rodgers, you would think it was a much better uh, playoff record. I didn't know that as well. Um, I know I've been a critic of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but I will say if there's one thing he's done consistently since he's 
came to the 49ers, he can run a two-minute drill. If you need a field goal with some time expiring, he can he can get you down there. And I think that's he probably didn't learn much from Brady, but he did learn that. So I got to give him uh, credit for that. But like overall, Jimmy really hasn't played well. But I did notice on the injury report, his shoulder's not listed on there. I know he had a shoulder and a thumb problem. Uh, he got a shot in his thumb before the Dallas game, and he played well in the first half, kind of went off the rails in the second. He did not get a shot in the Green Bay game in his thumb, and that didn't work out so well. So I'm going to need him to get a shot in the Rams game yeah, so he can uh, he can play better. He might need to get a shot both halves too. But um, I'll stop talking about that. B, how would you think about that, gang? Because I know you had GB. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. And you nailed it. I mean, he only threw to two people. And, and, and statistically, that's true, right? I was just looking at it. It's 129 yards to Aaron Jones and 90 yards to Devontae Adams. And the next closest was six. Everybody else had a, a, a flat zero. Um, it, you can't make a pick assuming that a great quarterback on the field is going to be awful. Um, and that's what he was. I mean, so while you may give credit to Jimmy Garoppolo and, and all that kind of stuff, the 49ers were not a good team. They didn't no, play well. Okay. Yeah. They, right. they didn't play well. They didn't look right. good. They, they, it came down to special teams. And, and, and you, you even have said that they have a pretty good special teams uh, uh, group there. And, but one block kick for a, 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 to stop three points at the beginning of the half, another block kick for the only touchdown that the team was able to score. Um, I can't say that I'm impressed, but congratulations to them uh, in, in, in getting, getting ahead. Of, and of course, I'm not going to root for Aaron Rodgers beyond that. I, you know, I asked who, who I was picked. Uh, yeah. I asked who I would pick. I said Green Bay. Um, I would stick by that. If the game was played again tomorrow, I would absolutely take Green Bay again. I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers having, uh, being that silly twice. Um, if the 49ers want to be a team, they've got to get the ball in Debo Samuel's hand. And that was something that they did not do early. And when the 49ers have played their best, it's been when Debo Samuel has got established early and they're start and the other team starts to scramble to figure out where he's going to be and how to defend against him. And then they start taking advantage of other things. It happened in reverse this time. They tried to do a whole bunch of other things. And then later on in the game, started to go back to Debo Samuel when you looked at the stat sheet and realized that his name wasn't really on it at that point. Um, but anyways, uh, it was a game. I don't know that this was the most entertaining game. I imagine it was probably intense for, for fans of either team. Oh, it, was, it was fun because to watch it was here. super close. Um, but uh, yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about what I think about the 49ers in a minute. So yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the, the 49 special teams isn't isn't really good, B. So um, it was surprising that they actually got a block. They just okay. they, usually it'd be a penalty or something. And Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, like I said last week, you know, last few couple games, one touchdown, three interceptions, not nothing to get it. But he had like a 57 or something, the quarterback rating. I'm not in the rating, but I know that's low. So it's like, it, it just, <laughs> like I said, the last two weeks, of, I've been telling 49 fans, the last two weeks, the 49ers have not played well. The other teams have just played worse. Dallas played stupidly and Green Bay just played bad. So, you know, it's been two games. It's worked. I don't know how long. Oh, one telling thing about that game, though, I always tell people, you can always tell what a coach feels about his quarterback by the plays he calls. Well, third and seven on that final drive before a goal kicked that field goal, Shanahan called a pass play, called a timeout. Yeah, we're going to run the ball with Debo. Yeah, I'm just not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to trust him. 
throw the ball. And Debo got to the 29, and then it was game over. So, you know, I, I know it's a lot of Jimmy Love and his road record, second best in history, but you got to give a lot of credit to the rest of the team and Shanahan while that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was a fun game to watch. Like, you know, it's, I'm in the Bay, so it was out, man. It was, it was exciting. Like, um, it was close. I, as the game was going on, I was kind of figuring, like, as I was sitting around Niner fans, like, this this is what you want, right? Like, Packers can't score. It's close. You have a chance. And that's all you wanted. And, and they were able to sustain. Uh, to keep the Packers to 10 points, I mean, lowest point total for the weekend, it's pretty good at home in the cold. So, um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, they just didn't look good. You know, the Packers just didn't look good. I don't know what that means for the future for them. You know, the time of the team breaking up, they just lost uh, their OC right to the Broncos. So I'm hoping that they're talking about him and Devontae going to the Broncos. Please stay out of my division. <laughs> go somewhere else, man. Y'all don't want to face Mahomes twice and Herbert twice. You don't want to do that. Say, go somewhere else. But, yeah, Niners, Niners did what they had to do and pulled it off, man. But uh, they better figure it out for next week because I don't think it's going to go down like that, even if they are buying up all the tickets. You're going to need to play more like you did at the end of the season. That last game, this ain't going to get it. Right. Uh, not off how the Rams are looking right now. So, and as we <laughs> speaking of that, we trans transition straight to the Rams and the Buccaneers, man. Buccaneers and Tom Brady almost wrote him another one, man. The, uh, the Rams did everything in their power to give that away. They was looking like the Raiders for sure on that last <laughs> week. But yeah, what you what you guys think, man? What did be? Um, well, this was an exciting game. The Sunday games, as we're going as we're gonna continue to talk about, were just awesome all the way through. It looked like this was going to be a stinker early. Um, you know, it was, it was a tale of two halves for sure. The Rams came out, were super effective. We were just talking about how Green Bay only threw to two wide receivers. Los Angeles Rams, on the other hand, had a ton of players on the stat sheet. Um, you know, OB, OBJ decided to have a little bit of an appearance there, um, get some catches, got six receptions for, what is that, 69 yards, Tyler Aby for 51. Cooper Cup was unreal. Um, every, every, for 183 week. <laughs> every week hey, there's uh, there's what he does every week which is outstanding and then there's just where he was this weekend I mean in the second half when they needed to find a way to kick a field goal it was all cup all of the time I mean I think he didn't break um, 100 yards until the fourth uh, the fourth quarter and on, on it was on like three plays yeah, the Bucs where he had they did everything they could to make sure he got him <laughs> they really did. <laughs> they really did that the, the defense there. And I think we were actually teasing um, when we were talking about coaching opportunities. And a lot of people were talking about the Tampa Bay defensive coordinator. Us. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> and, I, want a, um, I want a brother to get a job, man. Like, you whoa. mean Mr. Blitz happy? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Know. But, oh, uh, my God. but uh, they, they certainly played that cover zero on Cooper Cup uh, um, late in the game. Um, anyways, it, look, we have been having a lot of debates amongst our friends and, and, and over the, the season about Matthew Stafford. He is a very good quarterback for this team. He yep. is a good quarterback well, in the sir. league. And he is, he's a good quarterback when it comes to the league, but he is a very good quarterback for this team. He had a, 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 a passer rating of 121. You may not be into ratings, but that's high. That's high. Right. <laughs> right. He threw, you threw what, for 366 yards and two touchdowns? I mean, he did everything right. And the guy on the other side of the field was no slouch um, in his career, right? Um, you know, Tom Brady did what Tom Brady did. A, a lot of people wanted to write this game off at the half. Uh, half. And then there was another group of people who were like, uh-oh, here it goes. We're going to see Tom Brady do Tom Brady things again. 
and, and he did it. Um, you know, they also had a very good even distribu distribution on that side, but yeah, Evans had eight, Gronkowski had four, Let Leonard Fournette had nine catches, um, you know, but they had, uh, what is it, seven different people with, with receptions throughout the game um, as part of the 329 yards that Tom Brady threw for. Godwin was a and big loss. Godwin was a huge loss. And I yeah, think it, that, that type of a loss is exactly the kind of loss that makes a difference in a game yep. that's like this. But really, it was the defense that let him down. You know, if there's one guy that you're going to guard on the team, it should be the guy who led the league in receptions and yards for the and year. Touchdowns. <laughs> and, and touchdowns. <laughs> He's pretty good. And if you give up 183 yards, most of which in crunch time, when you know that that's where they're going to go with the ball, Yep. You deserve to lose. Um, and it's it's not surprising that Brady's got to say, you know, wants to go in and talk to them and evaluate with the family, which really means he's going to walk into the office and say, what are you going to do to make sure that that does not happen again? Because I had to work a whole season, get beat up and bruised, so y'all <laughs> couldn't play a single correct defense in the fourth quarter. Um, but you know, congratulations to the Rams. Um, uh, Jason, you called this one in that you said – that they always have a game plan that works well against Brady and it worked well in the first half. I mean, they really, really stifled it. Um, and Brady had to get creative. And at that point in time, the reason why I thought that they played well in the second half had nothing to do with game plans and everything to do with the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game was on the other side of the field and said, I'm not going out like this and, and made a football game of it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go, but uh, go, go on, Jason, what do you yeah, got? Yeah, so, you know, it was 20 to three. It was ref, and I looked at the score. I said, oh, yeah, Rams got the ball at the three. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I come back after a timeout. What happened? Oh, Cam Akers fumbled. I was like, oh, damn, here we go. I was looking smart till then. I was like, here we it's going to happen. Tampa's going to come back now. It was yep. more fumbles in the game. Cam Akers fumbled again. Snaps going over Stafford head. I'm just like, yep, here we go. Get Brady chances. He's going he's gonna to clean up. And uh, that's what happened. But Todd Bowles being blitz happy bailed me out, man. He came, comes with the blitz. They blitz 41% of the time. Matthew Stafford's best against the blitz. Hit Cooper Cuff, field goal game. But um, as a 49er fan, personally, I want to play the Rams. I did not want to go to Tampa Bay and play them across sure. the country. So sure. uh, that's not the reason I picked that game. I just thought the Rams were the better team. I did, uh, and speaking of, you know, Stafford stats, as you said, Brian, 568 yards in the playoffs, four touchdowns, no picks, and 131.5 QB rating. He's killing it in the playoffs. Justifies everything that the Rams did to get him um, aggressive wins, man. You need a quarterback to win this league. You don't have one going to be on the outside looking in Rams are in the NFC title game, potentially going to the Super Bowl. Um, for, for, for Tampa Bay, I'm with you. Um, I think Brady's going to the office. Like, you know, what are you going to do? So make sure that doesn't happen again, man. Cause you know, it's a long <laughs> season to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, it's too, too many games, man. And also, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Levante David said later, that um, they went through a lot of things internally in that in that organization during the season. And I don't think it's just because of Antonio Brown. I think it's also because of um, the coach, Bruce Arians. He runs like a, a really loose environment in there. And, you know, Brady likes structure. So, you know, when stuff breaks down, you know, and like what happened like on defense, uh, he's not going to be too, too, too happy about that. So um, we'll see if he comes back. But, um, oh, and I also did not know that the regular season leader in pass yards has never won a Super Bowl. And that was Brady this year. He was a regular season leader in pass yards. I never knew that. Um, never, it's never happened. So, uh, but anyway, that was a stat I just saw. It never happened. But yeah, congratulations to the Rams. They move on. 
Tampa Bay. If Brady's back, they'll be back. If God's back, they'll definitely be back. But um, but it's good to see uh, uh, it'll be some a fresh face in the Super Bowl this year. And so let me just ask this quick question: Do you want to see Brady back next year? Not as a, as a fan, not as, as a, a fan. 49er as a, fan, as a no, fan. No, as of a football. fan, yes, yes, I do. I just think he's good. I think what he's doing is just amazing at his age. Seriously, um, and you know, we've seen quarterbacks. We've been watching football long enough. We've seen quarterbacks fall off a cliff. At 39, 38 years old. You know what I mean? It, it's old. That guy Roethlisberger? Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, it's one. Right, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, what about you? What about uh, you? Absolutely. I, I think that they were they were one of the best teams all season long. You knew that they were going to get to this this point in the playoffs. It was just a matter of a matter of time, really. Like for Brady, it's unfortunate. In football, unlike basketball, you can protect you can't protect your older athletes, yeah. right? You can have LeBron take a day off. You can have, um, you can say, oh, we're only, I'm going to keep them to 25 minutes. Not that they do, but I'm just saying you can right. do yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. You can't do that in the NFL. Yeah. So what he's able to do in such a, a, a crazy contact sport um, where he has a big red bullseye on him, both literally and figuratively when they're in, with the Tampa Bay jerseys, um, you have to have a lot of respect for that. Yeah. And, and I like <clears throat> to see people leave because they want to leave and not because the situation dictates that it's that they they, they don't have a situation that's worth being back right yeah, so if, sure. the, if the team comes to him and says i'm ready i can i can do this uh we can we can find a way to make sure that we don't play cover cover zero on on the best wide receiver in the game and the end might be gone anyway yeah. <laughs> i think that might be part of brady's demand demand like <laughs> No, it's gotta go. Me. You screwed me. Yeah, you screwed me. Now it's time to go. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see Brady make a year of it. And I'd also like Brady to be able to say, this is my last year. Just like yeah. everybody knew Roethlisberger's sure. last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he, he deserves all of those accolades. And fans, I think it's always harder when you're in the mix. You know, like when people were watching Joe Montana, people didn't realize that at that point in time, he was the greatest there was, yeah. right? There are still a lot of people who want to make really silly arguments and none of them are any good. Brady's the greatest that we're ever going to see. And we're seeing him right now. It'd be great if we had one season where he said, okay, this is it. This is, this is the year. We're going to put everything into this, no matter what happens when a super bowl or, or lose uh, or go one in, in 17, this is my last year. And, and yeah. let people kind of celebrate. Yeah. He gets the tour. Uh, what the, we Co- the Kobe tour. Yeah, or more notably the you know uh, the Kareem tour. I mean, Kareem's tour. They they stopped games and brought out rocking chairs and motorcycles and Jordan um, had. They got a tour too, right? Didn't Jordan have one? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Kobe, Kobe's it. Kobe's. I remember. So Kareem, uh, I was a little one. You know what I mean? <laughs> you calling people old? No, right, no. Right. I was I was here. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I, I was here. I just I just don't remember. I know pops was watching it, but yeah, no. It's that's a good question, man. I never thought about it. Like, do I want to see Brady? And I, I spent. That Kobe commercial comes to mind where when he retired, they had that one where he's going to all the stadiums and they're singing like, I've been hating you for so long. Like, please don't go. You know what I mean? And that's kind of me and Brady right now. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to celebrate him when his career is done, if that makes sense, because he's freaking yeah. damaged my team for years. So to see him go out, it'll be cool to be like, you know, Cali boy, he, he did it. He did it to death, man. He was I mean, he's the ultimate winner. Like, what can you say? Right. So, Clint, it's got to be easier to see him now that he's in the NFC. Oh, definitely. But <laughs> when we played him, he still toasted us. He toasted us in Vegas last year. So it's just like, it's what he does, man. And I can't, you know, to that point, like, yeah, I'm with you guys. That's cool. 
For a personal uh, standpoint, real quick, Tampa Bay schedule, it's actually very hard next year, but they actually come it to San Francisco. Yeah, they, come to, they, they, come to, they come to San Francisco next year. Uh, if they do, man, let's try and go to the game. Yeah, they, they I've yeah. never seen Brady before. Yeah, I've never seen him either. Right. So it'd be cool. To... I'd fly up. We we seem to be planning an awful lot of football games for next year. We talked yeah, about yeah, going yeah. to Vegas twice, San Francisco yeah, yeah. once. We play we play you next year, be twenty twenty three. We play Brian, okay. uh, we play Jason and them in twenty twenty two. Twenty two. Um, yeah, that was a good game though. I thought the Rams did everything they could to give it away. And I just kept thinking, like, why are y'all doing this? Um, and it's the same thing they did against the Niners, another 17 point loss blown. Um, that they could have lost. So and they could have knocked the Niners out and the Saints would have been in this, so they wouldn't even have the trip. But mm-hmm. hey, now they now they gotta contend with them boys. So and then, then on to the last game, man. This was obviously the best game of the of the season, really the best game of the of the night. Oh, no doubt, best game of the season. The Bills and the and the Chiefs, man. Two two young quarterbacks that are looking like they're they're it, man. Like that that was a great game. Like uh, luckily we were we were at the Chase Center. Shout out to the Warriors and the the beautiful corporate arena uh, in uh you know in Mission Bay in San Francisco, man. I think it's nice, but we were uh, lucky enough to to watch the game uh, in the suite. So thanks, Auntie. So yeah, man. Uh, what a game. What a game, man. Uh, what what do you think, Cope? You start on this one. Uh, yeah, I got to give a shout out to the Chase Center too. That place is nice. Yeah. And they, every 50 feet is a liquor station, but, uh, <laughs> how, no we, like that. man, so yeah. So, uh, so Glenn, remember when it was 13 seconds left in the game and uh, Buffalo took the lead and I said, they need to kick the ball inbounds. Yep. Not mm-hmm. so they could run some time off the clock, at least a good five seconds. So Casey probably can only do one play. They didn't do that. Yep. They kicked it in the end zone, gave Mahomes an extra play. They kicked a field goal, went to OT, and lost. I think Buffalo's going to be kicking themselves um, about uh, regarding that. But For sure. uh, the game, all those touchdowns in the last couple of minutes and in overtime, yeah, I, I don't really want to say it's the greatest game I've ever seen, but it's probably the greatest NFL game I've ever seen. Uh, and that was just not – everybody Everybody was like, yeah. oh, Buffalo's about to win. Oh, KC's about to win. They just Man. kept we were in a crowd too. That was cool to hear yes, the, like, the crowd like exactly. screaming. Yeah, I mean, cool. as, I, as I was sipping my my moet with my chicken tender in my hand, you know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> whoa, hold on now, hold on. So, uh, but yeah, it was just a, a great game. It went over the total, thankfully, because I had a bet on that. But um, I got to no get story. credit. I mean, and I said the first team to 30 wins, and that happened to be KC. Of course, they could easily lost, but it happened to be KC and they won. But I knew that, and I think, Brian, we both said this, we knew that both teams were going to be able to score on each other. We saw it last year, and the same cast of characters is back. So I don't think the scoring was a surprise to anybody. Uh, the Chiefs ended up pulling it out again. Now, I will say, before I let you go, um, I think Brian Dable, the offense coordinator for the Bills, is going to get a head coaching job. And I think that's probably going to hurt Josh Allen uh, and that offense. But we'll see. Minnesota. Talk him up. I'm talking, I'm talking about <laughs> make speak it into existence. We <laughs> want an offensive coach. We you might, an you offensive might go to Minnesota. You yeah, also so, need Josh Allen, though. He need a quarterback. But go ahead. Yeah, so a lot of people are like, you know, we're gonna see this again next year and a year after. I'm like, not so fast. Andy Reid's not going anywhere. Eric Bieniemy can leave. Andy Reid's not going anywhere. Brian Dable's gonna leave. So I'm not sure if we're gonna continue to see this every year. But if we do next year, I'm not gonna be mad. B, what you think about the game? So this was the best playoff game I've uh, watched before a Super Bowl. And, and that's because of this, it's certain energy that goes around Super Bowls, but this was just awesome football to watch the entire game from beginning to end. You were, you were looking at it going, what's going to happen next. 
Um, so many great things to talk about here. I want to talk about the quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, both of them over that 121 that Stafford put up that we're talking about was high. Well, 136 is higher. 123.1 is higher. That's how good these quarterbacks were, right? They had seven touchdowns and no interceptions, as you were talking about. Um, they only gave up two sacks apiece for insignificant yardage, eight for Kansas City and 16 for, uh, for Buffalo. And then the distribution of the ball. We were talking about what happened in Green Bay, and then you look at these guys. They're spreading the ball all over, and they still got 201 yards from Gabriel Davis. Who? Gabriel right. Davis. Right. Stephon Diggs was only three for seven, but Gabriel Davis is eight for 201 yards and four touchdowns. Let me help out Kansas City. Guard him. Yeah. Whoever you had on him for the first 100 yards and two touchdowns <laughs> doesn't need to be on him for the second 100 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> um, but take that you know, just across the game. Josh Allen running the ball. And this was one of the things that we said we might actually talk about today is running the ball is scary. And, you know, everyone made a big deal about um, Tony Romo saying that Josh Allen and Patrick Holmes with the ball running on third down are the scariest. And everyone's like, well, what about Lamar Jackson? I actually agree with Tony Romo on that. And the reason for that is the threat of the pass and knowing that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes don't aren't going to have to wing it to the, the the tight end in the flat. They can wing it 60 yards down the field. And if you break coverage yep. because you think he's going to run, then you're toast. You're in, in a big way. And so giving up the seven yards for the first down is, is something that's willing to do. So, yeah, I absolutely understand what Tony Romo was saying yep. about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes being some of the, the best and most scary runners of the football from a quarterback position on third down. I, I think that's just, that's just true. That's not to say that they're the best runner, runners right. of the, in the game, period. But on third down, third and seven, third and eight, third and six, somewhere that's in that true. range, yeah. I want somebody who can throw the ball because that's what's going to scare the linebackers and keep the safeties deep. Yep. Um, sure and, and that's how you get space to get six yards, seven yards, eight yards. And they still find you with the safeties deep. So you <laughs> – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you, yeah. you, you, you break coverage, the corner drops off, and then the safety's covering the guy one-on-one. -on -one. You know, I'm going to give – Gabriel Davis and Stefan Diggs and Tyree Hill, Tyree Hill? Come on. And, and, and Travis Kells. I'm going to give them a shot one-on-one -on -one with a safety every uh, day Tyree of the week. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> that boy is crazy. Um, so the only other thing that I want to talk about is, is a phenomenon that, that uh, I was talking about with another friend of mine a couple of days ago. If you think about all the very good quarterbacks that are out right now, and you think about all the ones that are young and under 30, they are all in the AFC. Burroughs, Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, you know, um, if you want to go uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, whoever you decide to put in that conversation, they are all in the AFC, yeah, uh, which is a weird change because it, for so long it had been guys like Aaron Rodgers. And, well, um, Aaron Rodgers will be in the AFC no time, no time soon. Chill, man. Maybe. Chill. <laughs> chill, chill, man. But, uh, but the point is, is that, that it's just an exciting you know, conference right there. I am really, really glad to have my bad quarterback in the NFC right now. Um, so anyway, yeah. that was my thoughts. I thought that was the, the greatest, the greatest game I watched, uh, you know, from the from a football perspective, both of these offenses just blew the doors off of a game plan because at a certain point in time, winging it to Gabriel Davis as he runs down the field was not in the game plan. Yeah. They just right. figured out that that's what's open and just abused uh, the defense for it. 
and he's on the other side, up in fantasy and get, and everybody's gonna be disappointed next year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this actually happened. So Dread is 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 part of my keeper league, and he sent me his keepers for next year in the middle of the game and said Gabriel Davis is on it. Um, now you know he's he's a different kind of dude when it comes to these days. He likes to call his shot. Um, but Whoa, but he called his shot right in the middle of the game. He said, Gabriel Davis is my keep, one of my keepers for next year. Okay. Mark it down, B. What do like, right. we say about Dredd? I love Dredd, but everybody looks good in the highlight. He's fooling with. He's a good player. So, he <laughs> so he's fooling with Gabriel Davis. Glenn, what you but think anyways, about the game? Because you was right there with me. Oh, man, I loved it, man. I, um, I was, I, you, there's just like, like Brian said, just so much to talk about, man. The quarterbacks are amazing. Josh Allen has been a beast. I remember him back in the, I think they played Houston a couple years ago. I was actually out at, uh, out at Brian watching that game. I was like, this dude is nice. And he's just kept, continued to do that. To see his growth is dope. Mahomes is Mahomes. Um, their offense is crazy. It's cool. I love when stars still shine. Like when all the, the, the lights are on you, all the defense is on you, and Tyreek Hill makes that play, catches it across the middle, and it's just – Usain Bolt speed to the corners is crazy. Like just watching his his feet move and thinking, okay, they got him. You know, damn, it's a first down. And he turned into a TD so many times. Travis Kelsey, man, legendary, bro. Like these are dudes, you know, Hall of Fame first first ballot, man. Just been killing. Um, just how they play, man, and, and how they look. The Bills were no slouch. Uh, Gabriel Davis had a, one of the dirtiest routes I've ever seen when he twisted up the, the cornerback and left him on the ground. Like, man, that was wide open in the end zone. We're, we're watching then, like, how did they just score? And saw so he left them all twisted. It was a great game. Um, absolutely loved it. It was, it was Madden-esque, you know what I mean? Yeah. Defense wasn't stopping, you know what I mean? You, you get a couple little stops. I think there was one punt or something. Uh, I remember, like, the Bills got – the Bills punter punted once. Like, it was Madden-esque, man. That's what you want, people scoring TDs. So Yeah, what, the Bills actually punted twice, and, and Kansas City did not punt, punt at all. Yeah, they man. probably regret one of those punts because it was fourth and one. And they gave the ball back to Kansas City. Sure. I think it was their own 34-yard line when they did that. So Well, you always regret a punt whenever Tyreek Hill is trying to catch it because he got 45 <laughs> yards. And then they called – it was a penalty, and then he did it again. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, and they were saying, they were saying like, uh, always kick it twice because the defense is tired now, and they yeah. got to chase him again, and he's not. So it was absolutely phenomenal, man. What did you guys think? I know I, I started hearing a lot about the overtime rules and how they should change, and I thought it was – I mean, the rules have changed, right? Because before it was sudden death, you're out. And I, I kind of like the, you know, if you stop and they get a field goal, cool. It puts it, the, the onus on the defense. But with two high-powered offenses like this, you know, people wanted to see Josh Allen with the ball again. So, yeah. you know, what do you guys think? Was it? And we all were text messaging each other saying the exact same thing. This is the most important coin flip of the season, right? Because we all knew or had a pretty strong inkling that whoever got the ball um, after that oh, yeah. coin flip was going to be able to win the game. Uh, Jason, you want to go first and, and talk about what you think about overtime? Yeah. Um, so the overtime rule, in my opinion, I can't say I know for sure, got changed the first time because Brett Favre. Now people want it changed again because of Josh Allen. Um, I think the overtime rule is fine, and here's why. I think the winning team has a severe disadvantage the following week. Um, due to injuries concerns, you can get, you know, the longer you play, the lower time you get injured. Um, fatigue will also come into, a, come into play. You could play an extra one or two quarters of football. And the other team only had to, that you're playing next week only had to play four. Um, also, the defense, I, I think it's an excuse for the defense. You have to get a stop. I mean, at some point, you got to get a stop. Because the way that Buffalo KC game was going, 
they could have been trading touchdowns for God knows how long until somebody finally got to stop. Uh, And, you know, in my opinion, if you, if you were to change the rule, I think the road team should get the ball first, because if you're the home team, the road team's already at a disadvantage. And if you couldn't get it done in those 13, 14 possessions as the home team, then you don't deserve to get the ball first. The road team should get the ball first. Uh, I think the, I, I personally, I wouldn't, if I was to change the rule, that's what it would be. Uh, I think it's fine now. I don't think both teams have to keep having the ball back and forth, uh, especially in the game that just happened. I just think that puts the winning team in a severe, uh, a, a, a great disadvantage uh, to keep playing extra time and with the threat of injury and cramps and all that type of stuff, and then have to play a playoff game the following week against a team that's uh, that's more rested. Uh, B, I'm interested in what you got to say uh, about yeah. that. Yeah. So, so I think there's a place in the middle, and I think that's where I land. Because um, one of the things that you were saying was surprise, that, surprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the things that you were saying was that we, you know, if you want to win a game, you've got to be able to get a defensive stop. But the other team didn't have to even try to get a defensive stop. And, and so, you know, I agree with you that there should be a defensive stop involved in winning a football game. But the way that they do it, the team that gets the kick, uh, gets the kickoff doesn't have to do that. Um, so here's what I would say. I would say that you would guarantee each team one possession. Um, and that would kind of give you the situation where the coin flip, you know, you may go down and score a touchdown. That also makes that second possession by, in this case, the Buffalo Bills, all the more exciting. You know they're going for it in fourth and ten. Okay. You know they're going for it on fourth and three. Um, and then if they do it, the only team, the other team just needs a field goal, right? So, you know, if you can't get two stops, it kind of goes back into the sudden death. It does give everybody the opportunity. You do get to see both offenses and both defenses on the field in overtime. Um, I don't think it's a big concern for the, the longevity of the game because really, you know, most times the overtime go, you have two teams that are, they're not, they're not Kansas city and Buffalo. Um, yeah. And so most of the time there's, you know, they go down and someone has to punt it and then someone goes down and kicks a field goal or someone goes down and kicks a field goal and someone goes down and doesn't kick a field goal. It's, yeah. it's usually that kind of stuff. So, so I think making that change only impacts a small percentage of games and the games that it impacts are games like the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs, which we would have loved to have seen what Josh Allen could have done with that pressure on him in an overtime going down the field in a must score a touchdown situation, as opposed to watching what we just got to watch, which was Patrick Mahomes in a must score situation before that um, to get into overtime in the first place. So I think it's exciting. I don't think it impacts it too much. I think that giving everyone one, I don't think we should adopt college rules in the pros. Yeah, no. um, we don't need 70, you know, this game could have very easily been 72, you know, 70, uh, 69 kind of a uh, situation. Um, if you, if you had done that type of thing. And I absolutely agree with you that it would be detrimental both to health of players and their ability to perform the following week. Right. If, if this game had gone to that point where they had a college rules, I don't care that I think Kansas city is probably the best team in the AFC. I'd bet against them because they would just be, would have been too much football. So I think that going the one possession each way, um, and then at that point in time, it's still it's a sudden death anyway, it gives us an opportunity to see a little bit more great football when it's great, and then really doesn't impact the other the, the football games that, that aren't there or, or at the same place. That's, hmm. that's kind of what I think. Yeah, I like, actually like a combo of both. I like the idea of the road team getting the ball. Yeah, um, me too. And then both teams getting so basically you just it's now it's not sudden death it's if any score they have a chance to match it, and if they can't the game's over if they can then you get now it's sudden death rules because they they've matched you, um, which in this game could have been the same thing, 
theoretically because they both might have just scored and then you have the sudden death anyway. So I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of tough. Uh, but I think in a game like this, like Brian said, no one they weren't saying that the overtime rules need to change during the Raider game in week 17. <laughs> they were saying it need to change because we have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and you're going to see them once a year if you're lucky, maybe twice depending on how the season goes. So, I mean, to Brian's point, I don't know that it altered it too much, but I think it does give you a, you know, like you said, now your offense, offense, defense, and special teams are part of the game and they're all relied on at the end of the game to try and win it. Especially, I mean, another reason I think it is is because defense is dwarfed so much now. Uh, no disrespect to any little person. I'm using that as a reference to like a, a gaming reference, but it's like nerfed where there's so many calls against the defense. You can't touch the quarterback here. You can't hit him on the back of the neck. You can't swing your arm around the head. You can't like, it's so much against the defense that we're saying get a stop. And I agree the defense has to get a stop, but it's, it's already stacked against you and it's stacked for the offense that, you know, it makes it more difficult. Whereas if you have both defenses on the field, but at least that one drive, and then, you know, uh, it's regular sudden death after that. I don't think it hurts it too much um, in that case. So, yeah, I, I think still, if you're that first team who has the ball, are you going to get automatically go for a TD? I guess, you know what I'm saying? It, it might depend. Like, if it's fourth and five, you may still kick the field goal and let, let your defense try and, try and stop them. You know what I mean? So, I don't know that every game is going to end up like this. But in this game, we did want to see Josh Allen with the ball. That's just how it boils down. So yeah. if, if, they, if the NFL votes on the offseason, you think they're going to adopt a new rule or keep it the same? They keep it the same because yeah. they're so stubborn that they they need to see this two, three times um, before right. there's the, enough pressure. But I don't, so I don't think that there's enough from one game. Right. Yes. Years from now. Push, but I do think that at some point in time and, and probably not 10 or 20 years, I think more like three to five years from now, they're going to make that change. Um, yeah. All you need is, and I'll tell you the only way that they would have um, changed it is if that game had Tom Brady in it. Brady in it, yes. Tom Brady was in that game. They right. would have changed that rule. This, but <laughs> anybody else, they're gonna go. Oh, Allen's a young guy. Mahomes yeah. is a young guy. They're gonna have another opportunity. Herbert's a young guy. Burrow's a young guy. Yeah. Um, you know uh, that kind of stuff. But it had that happened to had Brady been the Buffalo Bills. Um, and that was the way that his career ended without an opportunity to see Brady run down the, go down the field and score the touchdown to tie the game and give his team a chance. They would have already, they would have changed it at, at, right after the game. They would have gone out in the field and said, we just want to let everyone know that for the, for the next, for the divisional uh, champion, division championship and the Super Bowl, the rules have changed right then and there. All the owners would have helicoptered in to change it to. That's, that's just, that's just a difference in how it works. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. Yeah, it was it was a great game. I mean, regardless, it was Madden-esque, as I like to say, man. And uh, rest in peace, John Madden, too. But it was absolutely crazy. So it was fun. I'm glad it worked out to where we got to see it. Because as I was driving to the game, I'm like, damn, I'm not going to get to see it. And then it worked out that I got to. So I'm really I'm thankful it worked out. But great weekend of football. I don't think the NFL could ask for more. Um, and now we go into this week, man. I mean, let's let's start with the AFC, and then we'll let you get your yours at the end. Coop, wait, is that? Oh, I think you said we're gonna go in order. So no, it's AFC. Game. Yeah, it's yeah, AFC. Yeah, yeah. AFC. Yep. So you got the Bengals and the Chiefs at noon on Sunday. Um, wh who you guys got, man? How you think that goes? And the well, Bengals did beat so wait, them earlier. The most important thing, because this line has been all over the place. Okay, so well, we, we need got. To so that's what I'm saying. Because let's it, go seven. It's no, we can't do seven. We got to do six and a half or seven and a half. I was gonna say. I think the line is 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 landed seven at seven. 
So you, it's at seven and a half. Let's, let's go seven and a half. Let's go. All I right. haven't checked it. I can check it now. But let's go seven and a half. Well, because I'm looking at at a site right now, and it's it's at seven. But I got like seven and a half. okay, seven and a half. So we're gonna go with seven and a half. All right. Um, my pick'em, the pick'em that I, I that I do with a bunch of friends is at six and a half. So you're gonna hear me tell two picks. I'm going okay. to put in because literally that's why I said we can't do seven. All right. At seven and a half, right? I'm taking the Bengals. Um, and the reason I'm taking the Bengals is I think this is a seven point game. That's how, right. So if you had a six and a half and a seven and a half, I would take two different picks and enjoy the middle. I truly believe this is a seven point game. Um, I think the chiefs are going to win it. I don't, I just think it's a seven point game. And I think that I would, you know, give up the extra half point and take the Bengals in that situation. I think this is going to be a good game. I just don't think Burroughs and I, you know how much I like this guy. Mm -hmm. Going into Kansas City for a playoff game is something that is different. And I've never experienced it myself, but I have watched it enough and I have heard enough people talk about it. I've heard people who are professional athletes constantly talk about going into Kansas City in a playoff game and certain other places. It's not just the only place, but it's not going to be something that that Burroughs has been used to. Right. Um, you know, he's not he's going to have to call everything on a silent count. Uh, and he's going to have to play the best football game of his career. Can he do it? He absolutely can. Would I bet that he'll do it right now? No, I wouldn't. Um, but, uh, but anyways, I, at seven and a half, I'm absolutely going to take the Bengals one more time. Um, and, and, uh, and that's, that's the way I see that. Now it's over under 54. Uh, that one's a little bit more difficult. I think that's a really awesome or 54 and a half. I think that's a really awesome line. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the over mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to take the over because I think we have two offenses that are, are, are pretty good. And, you know, Bengals is, is, is not at nearly as good as Buffalo, but it's, it's a pretty good offense and they yeah. can score points and they can throw the ball and they can distribute the ball. Uh, not unlike uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, uh, and, but I don't know that it's going to be as high scoring um, as that, that Buffalo Bills Chiefs game. And, um, and I, and I, I just don't think the Kansas city chiefs have a great enough defense to lock them down. So there'll be points. Sure. Um, anyways, that's where I land. Okay. Um, this is the blowout of the weekend. I'm taking Casey minus the seven and a half. Uh, the bills defense is better mm -hmm. than the Cincinnati's defense and they shredded the bills defense. I think the Bengals winning the first game is actually a disadvantage. Um, when Kansas city plays that team again, the last four times they've won and covered the spread. I think Casey doesn't take teams seriously a lot during a regular season, but when you're on their, their radar, they do. And I think they're, they're, it's, they're going to take Cincinnati seriously as they should. Uh, the first game, the Bengals were also aided by penalties that kept drives alive um, to help them win that game. Um, another thing, uh, Brian, I like Kansas city's offensive line over Cincinnati's defensive line. And I like the chiefs defensive line over uh, the Bengals offensive line. I can't trust a team that just gave up nine sacks to the Titans. That's just hard. You can't protect the quarterback. I don't see how they go into Kansas city and cover uh, the spread. Plus they were outgained by the Raiders in the first playoff game. They were outgained by the Titans in the next playoff game and their offense, though we all know it had its moments during the regular season to be explosive. They've only scored one touchdown the last six quarters. It's been nothing but field goals. So uh, and I don't, and a lot of people have talked about Joe Mixon, but I don't think Mixon is really a factor. 
the Bengals actually lead the NFL in empty sets the second half of the season. And Mixon just is not really in that flow. It's been more of the wide receivers. Uh, I'm with you. Going into Cincinnati, I mean, going into Kansas City and for Cincinnati, a young team winning, I, that's going to be hard. They might have their chances later in the future. But right now, especially with that offensive line, I, I, don't, I just don't see that. I see this of like, I don't know, the, the over-under for points for Kansas City is 31. I'm saying that goes over. So I'm, I got like a 34 to maybe 20 game or 34-17 game. I have it going under uh, the total because I just think the Bengals are going to be in pass mode and, you know, passing 40, 50 times in Kansas City. I, I just don't think that's going to be good. And like you said, the silent counts and everything, the hysteria. And I, I just don't have this game being close. I, Kansas City runs away with it. The only part of that that I don't understand is the Joe Mixon hate. The guy is third in the NFL with 1,200 yards. Um, and he only, he, what, missed, uh, missed a game. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's a hell of a lot better than you're giving him credit. Sounds for. like Kusha's no. saying he's not going to be a factor in this game. He's not going to be a factor in this game. Well, I understand yeah. that, but you said that he's not a factor because they do they run a lot of empty sets. If they right. ran a lot of empty sets, sets, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He would. I, I think he's going to be a real factor in this game. His like over under yards is only like fifty. It's like maybe sixty something. It's very low. Does be if he can get off, they got a good chance, man. Because Joe Mixon is nice. Yeah, yeah Joe Mixon. I've nice. watched him run all over. So Joe Mixon is nice. No, but he's been going under his yardage. He's not yeah, really doing everything, you know, like you well, said he is. But we'll see. But that's a matchup situation. And exactly. I, I think that they know that against Kansas City, they're going to have to do some ball control. But And they also find ways to get him involved when they need to. I totally – I understand the point of view and, 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 and where you got where you got. Um, I hope it's a better game than you're, you're calling for. But if it happened the way you had, I wouldn't be like, yeah, okay, that's crazy. I would, I would sure. say, yeah, you know, that, yeah. that made a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, could, I could see it going your way as well. So, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see what actually well, happens. Neither of you have in the Bengals winning, so. <laughs> right. Both of you, you have them losing, just it's how much they lose by. Right, it's just, yeah. is the Is the conversation here. What about I you, Glenn? Chiefs definitely win, man. They're too close to the Super Bowl. They got, you know, they <clears throat> they lost the last one to Brady Wright um, last year, right? Am I tripping? What's Ooh. that? The, yeah, see, lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, last year, yeah. right? Yeah, so they got that bad taste in their mouth, um, and they're gonna want to get it, man. So I think they're rolling right now. They're rolling right when they're supposed to, as they always do. Uh, the Bengals have a good team. They've shown that they're a good team, um, and they're but they're gonna need everything to go right. Uh, they, I could they win? I think they could, but they, like I said, they're gonna need everything to go right. I'm not gonna bet against Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey, and the boys in a must-win game to go to the Super Bowl. They ain't gonna lose. So I, I honestly think it'll be a little closer. I got it at 31-24. 31, wait, 31, 24. So you you're 55. So you're on the over. And then where on the spread? You 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 want that you like the Bengals by more than seven and a half? It's seven and a half. KC minus seven and a half. Glenn, who you like? Uh, I think one by eight. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go with what I got. So then I think they won't cover then. Okay, so you got the Bengals. Okay, plus the points. All cool. Right. Um. All right, that was cool. Yeah. So the last game. Yeah, man, y'all back in the uh, back in LA, man. Surprised uh, that we made it this far. I'm not going to lie. Man, parking. Uh, <laughs> par- parking costs as much as Bay Area rent. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember our first show when we finally got back this season, and both you and I were way down on our teams. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, you know, to be here has to be 
a pleasant surprise for you. To be in the end, and I, I don't want to jinx, but if we lose, it's a successful season, you know, the way this 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 thing sure. is going, seriously. Um, but what I do find funny, and Brian, I know you're in the LA area, is that the Rams are complaining about home field. I don't think the Rams know when you're in that. LA. You can't force people to care about you. You're not on the high on the food chart. You got yeah, Lakers, you, you got Dodgers, you got SC. You know, the Rams are somewhere probably, you know, down there or whatever. But, you know, because the uh, the 49ers, it was a home foot advance for the 49ers last game, Brian. So got they're it. trying to restrict, you know. They were trying to block where you could buy tickets from. They were trying right, to block right. Bay Area ticket zip codes. Right. Bay but, Area zip codes from buying tickets. Right. But to get to By the, the way, game, I like that. Yeah, like I like that. I don't have a problem with either. Ticketmaster yeah, yeah. was like, no way, but I, I like, I'm not mad at the Rams for that. Right. Yeah, I'm not mad at either. Exactly. Your fans should do it automatically, but I'm not mad at them for trying right. to create that. Yeah, exactly. You know, do what you do. Do what you but, do. But um, I've talked to some people about this game, and, uh, you know, people have asked me why do the 49ers always beat the Rams? And I say because the formula is simple. The Rams are built to beat an offense like Arizona or Tampa Bay, somebody that throws the ball around the field and, you know, do, does modern stuff. 49ers don't do modern stuff. They play the exact opposite. They just want to pound the ball, make short and do, you know, do short passes over the middle. Yep. And they were like, well, you know, they got Ramsey and, you know, in corners and everything. I said, yeah, but they're on the outside. Right. Jimmy Take G throws the ball inside, you know, with the, with the bad linebackers and the, you know, the safeties or whatever. So that's why they always have success. And also the 49ers offensive line, defensive line seem to control yep. the Rams. Mm-hmm. And that's been the, the success. That's been the reason why they've had success. And I think, Kyle Shanahan just kind of knows what McVay is going to do. It also helps that McVay really doesn't make too many adjustments, and Shanahan does. So you can kind of you kind of know how the Rams are going to play, whereas the 49ers, you're not really sure what they're going to do on offensive sets. But uh, just going back to the last game they played, both teams that combined to go 61% on third downs. Jimmy G threw for over 300 yards, and three receivers almost had 100 yards receiving on the 49ers. That's absolutely not going to happen this game. <laughs> going under the total uh jimmy g's over under for yards i think is 220 something or 250 something i would definitely go over uh about on that i'm taking the niners to win the rams just have proven no matter who's on their squad or how good their players are individually talented they are they just have trouble playing against the 49ers and i think that's really in their head so i'm actually looking at this game the way it starts will the rams be tentative or will they come out tenacious because I know they don't want to make any mistakes. Because I think once that first mistake happens, they're going to be like, oh, damn, here we go again. Especially you know the I mean? Niner fans in there. Yeah. And we're and I also want to see if there's going to be, you know, more, most Niner fans. Because, you know, Matt Stafford's wife said, you know, they were going on silent count in their own home stadium, which was something that, you know, he's not used to. You know, she wasn't – she never seen before. So I want to see how the stadium is as well. But um, I'm going to take the Niners plus the three and a half. I have this game definitely going – under the total and it's more it has more to do with with matchups and game plan brian not so much that the 49ers overall are just a more talented team than the rams but it just seems like they they kind of have their number on what to do offensively and defensively to to pull out wins against them what do you think so i think a lot of the things that you said are i I agree with them wholeheartedly right so i i didn't know but it doesn't surprise me that in los angeles you can get a home field advantage um, for uh, the, the visiting team for a game. But when you're doing it for the divisional championship game where the Super Bowl is going to be played two weeks later and that has never happened before, L.A. fans want to be a part of that. 
and they yep. stop selling their tickets and they go crazy and they're already set up over there for this game. I think it's a different stadium. Um, I think it's just because of all the hype that I'm hearing about it, you know, being out here. I don't think that the San Francisco fans will be able to have that dominance in the, in the crowd like they were before um, just because now the LA fans have woken up, right? We are, we're a group of, there's a lot, large, large number of fair weather fans yeah. or whatever you want to call it. The weather's great. So it's <laughs> 70 degrees and sunny in South, in California and it's in a dome and you know, the weather's great when it comes to the LA Rams right now. And even people who, you know, weren't Rams fans, they're charger fans, they're blah, blah, blah fans. They want to be there because they want to be there when the Rams could possibly be the first team to play in their home stadium. Um, and if you think it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. So I think that that kind of erases that. The other thing is, is that the last time that these two play times teams played in SoFi, um, Garoppolo threw for 300 and something yards. Um, and Debo Samuel threw a touchdown. Um, in other words, they played outstanding football all across the board for the 49ers and they won by three. Um, so when you think about all that and you look at the way that the 49ers have been able to play and win games, they've been able to play and win games in the playoffs by making them ugly, right? By waiting, by out, wait, uh, waiting out the Green Bay Packers when the weather got ugly and, and, and their, their whole, their whole uh, game plan worked out really well, running into the middle and, 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 and busting up people and, and just kind of pounding and pounding away. That's not going to happen in a dome on 70 degree weather in, in, in Southern California. Um, and, and I really like Stafford to bounce back. Uh, I think this is, this is his, everybody needs to F, shut the F up moment. Um, anyways. I'm, I'm one of them. I've been, I'm, I couldn't say that about him last week, but I stayed kind of, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so anyways, I got the Rams uh, minus three, you know, it's minus three and a half. I've got the Rams co uh, covering that spread. I've got the under because I don't think that it's going to be a, a huge game. I think obviously the 49ers, as you very, very keenly out uh, laid out, are going to want to pound, grind, you know, Slow it down. for all the success that they had last time throwing the ball with 300 yards from Garoppolo. I know your, your, your coordinator does not want to see that ball in the air for 316 yards right. again. Right. And as a result, they're going to try and keep the game slow, uh, slow and low, um, low scoring. And I think, I think the Rams have enough um, that, and then Cooper cups at a, in a different zone right now. I mean, yeah, they don't have what nobody is, to match up with him. It, it, and would, even if they had a great corner, He's in a zone <laughs> and when, when players get sometimes, sometimes being a great defensive player just isn't enough right. because someone is at that point. Right. And for whatever reason he is streaking right now, it is fun to watch. Um, when he runs a route, it is as clean as anything. He's always finds the hole in the defense. I, you know, when you're, if you're Stafford, sometimes I wouldn't even call a route, like go get open. And, <laughs> and he's going to say, okay, cool. I've been working them inside. I'm going to break out and go inside and, and it just works. So anyways, um, I'm not a huge Rams fan, but I, I do like what they're doing. Um, I do feel yeah. like they've played good football in the playoffs as opposed to, I feel like the 49ers have won bad football games in the playoffs. Um, and so as a result of that, I'm going to take the team playing the good football. And, it, um, and again, the 49ers have done an amazing job of finding ways to win games they shouldn't win. So if they did it again, great, more power to them.
Yeah, I, I'm with you. Though the Rams should win this game. I mean, yeah. they should win the way they've been playing. They're the healthier team. I know Debo got nicked up last game. I know Kittle's nicked up. We know Jimmy's is nicked up. The Rams should win this game at home for the chance to go to the Super Bowl. This is why you get us Matt Stafford, to be perfectly honest with you. It's for these games uh, right here. I am interested, though, because Cam Akers, Cam Akers, since he's been back, he's only averaged two and a half yards a carry. Now, I wonder if the Rams, how the Rams running game is going to look. Because um, he fumbled a couple times last week. And I know Sonny Michelle never fumbled. Times. Yeah, Sonny Michelle doesn't fumble, but he's not as good as Cam Akers talented-wise. So that'll be uh, interesting to see. But, Glenn, how do you think about this game? How, how it's going to play out? Uh, man, I thought – you know, I thought you guys both made some, some good points. I think, um, you know, this, I've said this when we were, did the podcast weeks ago that the Rams to me were foolish for not take, knocking the Niners out when they had the chance. Cause they could lose this game. The Niners are, are built to beat this team and they have beaten this team. However, I don't think this ain't the time you're, you're one game away from playing at home in the Super Bowl as an LA team that, like you said, they're further down the hierarchy. I know I know, Rams fans, right? But you, you saw the stadiums. They weren't full like that, just like the Chargers, right? So trying to build, and I was actually thinking about this and kind of laughing to myself, they actually took the Lakers model. They were like, we don't need no draft picks. Get established stars. Let's win it now, right? Because the only way you're going to establish any kind of fan base in LA is being a winner, point blank period, right? So yeah, they were there before. I get that. You know, you had the Dixon years and Bettis and all that. That's cool. But now it's it's a different era. This social media area, people want winners in LA. There's too much entertainment. You know what I mean? This whole complex is great. We don't care if you're the Rams of old aren't winning. And they went out and got stars to fill it up. They have to win this game. They and have to win this game. Yeah. And Stan Gronke is not above stacking the deck. You think that he wants to make, wants to make sure that it's a Rams crowd? Oh. He owns the stadium. Come on. He's got a Super Bowl coming, and he has an opportunity of being the first owner to own the stadium, the team that makes both that has a divisional championship in there. Come on. The money he's seeing, Come on. if you pull up in a red car, he's going to tell you to go home. Yeah. <laughs> like it's gonna, Come on. San Rocky is, you know, there's a – You spent, what, five or six he, billion? I think what, he still owns the Denver Nuggets, doesn't he? I don't know. Does he? Or, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. He spent like five or six billion, like five or six billion on that complex. There's no parking or way to get in and out of it, but apparently it's nice. Um, so you just, Beautiful. You just rent an apartment there so you can go to the game because apparently it's insane. But I don't think they can lose this game, man. The Niners can get them, though, and the Niners are playing with house money, to your point, Coop. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a good season regardless. So if they, you know, like Brian said, I don't think they want to throw the ball a bunch, but I think if I'm Shanahan, I beat you every time, and I'm going to come out here and we're going to scheme and we're going to be creative. I might, you know, put Trey Lance in for a play. He ain't even going to throw it, just decoying it. I might, you know, I'm going to pull some stuff out because this is it. This is yeah. this is it. And a chance to beat a division rival at home to knock them out of the Super Bowl chance up there at their stadium. I mean, Niners fans would go nuts. Right. So I'm very interested to see how this game plays. I think the Rams win, though. I don't think they can. They can't afford to lose this game. They played them too many times this year. And, you know, McVay lost his, you know, 17-0 and 0 or whatever when he was up at halftime. 45 and 0. yeah. Or yeah. how many was it? 45 and 0. Sheesh, way more. They were up 17, excuse me. So yeah. he lost that to the Niners. The Niners have had his number. You know, they've been on his head this whole time. So they may want to get at that. I mean, they're due. I mean, it's six straight. They're due. They're due, know? but they they gonna have to play though. It ain't gonna be easy. Yeah, but I think they easy. got the firepower, they got the team. And a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl based on our other picks, I would not be upset about. Yeah. Yeah, as a fan, if like when you ask me, Glenn, as a fan, if I wasn't a Niner fan, who would I want to see? It would definitely be Rams and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Absolutely, without, without question. Absolutely, it's just it's a better 
by star power, by name, the storylines. It's, it's a better oh, game. So yeah. the Niners win. Hey, man, I'm you know I'm rocking with the Bay. I live in I live in San Jose, so it's it's nothing. But I just think this is it's a Rams Chief Super Bowl. Yeah. It's it's what the league wants, right? right. right. You know what I mean? So yeah, we'll yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, that was man. I think I'm excited about that. You guys had some baseball on here, man. Talk to me. What's what's happening? Baseball Hall of Fame. What's up, B? Let's go with the baseball for a quick second. Come on. <clears throat> yeah, well, I thought we would be fun to talk about, uh, you know, what just happened with the with Hall of Fame. Uh, Clemens and Bonds didn't get in. Um, you know, I think more interesting to both you and I is Bonds, who leads in half the categories when it comes to being on a base. Um, and, uh, and, you know, has a really long career, both pre and post uh, the whole PED thing. So the, the the question is, and and you know, I'll start by kind of giving my idea, my thoughts on it. Is was it right to shut out um, possibly the greatest hitter of all time, but certainly the greatest hitter of a period of time from the Hall of Fame? And I look at this in a couple different ways, and both give me the exact same answer, which is no, it wasn't right. So the first thing is, is that look at the people who have made the Hall of Fame, and how right. many times we've disregarded. Um, ethical violations, rules, players openly acknowledge they took methamphetamines before baseball games to get up and, and, and have energy. Players have openly acknowledged that they used to do cocaine, yep. um, you know, uh, before for games to get, to get energy. Um, players have been caught doing all types of things, um, you know, being racist, beating women, beating children, being misogynistic. Um, and all these people are in. Um, so how is it that you can kind of get to this moral high ground where you can say Clemens and Bonds shouldn't be in when all of these other guys can't be? Right. So the only thing that I'm going to say is, y'all made a decision. Okay, so be it. You want Bonds out because he broke your moral code. Then you go get Ty Cobb, who is a racist SOB, the hell out. You get, you know, you get these other players who were beating women you know, and uh, you, that were that have been openly misogynistic, um, who have acknowledged to taking eight balls of cocaine into the locker room before playoff games and so on and so forth. Because if that's not performance enhancing, uh, um, I don't know what is to get your energy up. The other thing is the contradiction of putting Bud Selick, who was the commissioner for the entire time of the PED era before and after, and saying that the reason that he should be in the Hall of Fame is for what he did for baseball and growing the sport. And what he did for baseball was he ignored the PED problem because he knew that Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds and, and Mark McGuire and all these guys lighten up the, 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 the batter's box was what was going to grow the game. And so you can't say, right, and it did. It worked perfectly. And so you can't say, hey, you did a great job by ignoring this problem and then get mad at the problem and say, oh, we can't possibly go there. So for all of these reasons, I think it's bunk that they're not in there. That's not to say that I'm a huge Bonds fan or a huge Clemens fan. I'm actually really not a Clemens fan. I just don't think this is the reason. And you have to, you know, the Hall of Fame um, is supposed to be filled with great baseball players. And you can decide to define that as we're going to look at what they did on the field and nothing else. And you can, or you can define it to be the entirety of a person's impact on a sport. Either way, you got to make a decision. You can't go flip flopping when you get somebody who's a little more acrimonious with the with the press, which Bonds was. 
Um, and then Clemens was also found out to be a jerk. So, you know, he has that kind of strike against him. Anyway, Jason, on to you. Very well said. Yeah, I agree with everything you yeah. said. Uh, and, you know, and you know, I've mocked Hall of Fames because of certain people who are in you know, sure. baseball, basketball, whatever. But it's the Hall of Fame. These guys should, Hall of Fame should be based on what you've done while you were on the field. When they were on the field, they all performed at a high level. And Baseball Hall of Fame, it has to be a joke because the all-time hits leader, Pete Rose, isn't in it because he gambled on baseball games when he wasn't playing baseball. So it's, you know, while he was playing baseball, he didn't gamble on games, but when he wasn't playing baseball, he gambled and he's not in the hall of fame because of that. So the whole baseball hall of fame, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's a joke. You got guys who you don't remember two hits they had in their whole career that are in the hall of fame and you don't have bonds in there. You don't have Clemens in there. Uh, I think McGuire should, you know, should be in there as well. Um, They're famous. There were great players before they started so-called doing their, I guess, steroids. But the last point I want to make on that is I don't like how people pick and choose who did steroids and who didn't because you don't know. There are people who took it and they never got caught or, you know, maybe had designer drugs like Barry Bonds and didn't fail the test. Barry Bonds never failed a test. You know what I'm saying? It's under suspicion and we're all smart enough to know, you know, he took something. But I don't like the pill picking and choose thing. You can't do that. Uh, when that whole Mitchell report came out, it was based on information from a clubhouse attendant from the Red Sox and from the Yankees. That's it. It wasn't from all the other clubhouses around Major League Baseball, because if you had talked to those attendants from around Major League Baseball, you would have found a whole lot more players. And then my last, last point is, I forgot who it was, Kim Caminetti or Jose Canseco was somebody they asked, how many players in the league do you think are taking steroids? And the best person to ask is a steroid user because they know. And I think it was Kim Caminetti said about 80, 85 percent of players are taking it. It's just like when in NFL, they asked Tony Gonzalez, how many NFL players actually care about football? He said about 10, 15%. A lot of people just play the game because of the money and what it can do for them, like famous-wise. They don't really care about football when it's Super Bowls. It, it, you got to believe what the what those players say. They wouldn't know. So I'm with you, Brian, on everything you said, and I don't like the whole picking and choosing who did steroids and who we want to let in and who we don't, either based on what they've done on the field or, or just don't. Don't do it at all. And steroids doesn't automatically make you a great player. There were a lot of and they suck That's so you know and those you know those players were great before the whole little performance enhancing thing i don't want to go too long on that glenn what about you yeah uh one i had to look up acrimonia so that was cool um <laughs> yeah that was that was real nice it's uh, angry and bitter but um yeah so um i thought i, I agree i thought brian said everything he said was spot on you guys yeah. have said it all man i think the only thing i was going to add was what you just added coop was that you still got to hit the ball you still got to run the bases. You still got to like being bigger and, you know, gaining some weight and getting bigger. Bonds wasn't a super skinny dude when he started, but he was good before the allegations. You know, he's a solid, he had a solid career, solid career after World Series. You know, he was, he was the best at, at that time, you know, hitting home runs. He made the game exciting, man. Him and McGuire, I don't care about baseball now, but I was watching then. We yeah. Tuning in, you know what I mean? So to Brian's point, they grew the game. You know, if you're going to make it a Hall of Fame, they were that. They were great players. They created the fame. They added to it. I don't know that it's fair to, to cut them out of it because of, you know, especially an allegation. It'd be different if you have a, you know, here's the situation with the Stone Cold fact, et cetera. But the other issue is if you're an owner of the team, you can do cocaine all you want in the office. And no one tests you for that. So why, you know what I mean? Okay, cool. I just, you know, I, I don't think, so like you guys said, everything you guys said was spot on, man. Don't, don't pick and choose. Barry should be in there. If you're going to go to Cooperstown and walk around, you should see Barry Bonds. He's one of the best baseball players to play, period. And here's what I'm going to be real darn curious. So A-Rod was on the ballot this year. He got 35%.
Barry Bonds in his first year got 35, 36%. Barry Bonds got to 66% after the, over the 10 years. I, I just have a sneaking suspicion that because A-Rod is now a idol on television and in the social media hype and spotlight and the guys, yeah, an owner and the guys who are going to be able to put that ballot are going to be influenced by social media and all these other things that are going to happen over the next 10 years. When he gets in and Barry Bonds didn't get in, it's going to be even a bigger problem. (laughs) Um, And I, and I do, yeah. And I would say, and I do think that he will get in and we're going to have to ask some really hard questions about whether or not, we need to go back and revisit things. And then when you start redoing and rethinking how we do baseball and like they have, an, and they did it in the NFL, they put the, the veterans uh, thing that you can yeah. get back in a second opportunity. They're going to end up doing something like that in baseball. Yeah. And A-Rod's part of the media and A-Rod's actually pretty good. <laughs> baseball analyst. He's, he's a great good. analyst. Yes, That's he's the point. He's, <laughs> but he's not the curmudgeon and he's, you know, he's dating Jennifer Lopez and he's dating, you know, all these, these other people he's out there. Barry Bonds went down into Orange County and started hitting uh, golf balls 400 yards off the tee and, and you know, went black, like dark until he came out to, to become a coach in San Francisco again. So yeah, I wish. Like, hey, Barry, man. Blackout. I'll let your boy. Let me get one of these 400 yarders. <laughs> um, yeah, really? Man, word. No, it was, it was a good show, guys. I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I think that's, that's our show, man. We, we ran through our topics. We're at our last segment, man, the, the minute to win it. So I don't know if you guys have anything prepared. Man, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first and be brief. Uh, NFL, you know, you see who the final four coaches are: Shanahan offense, McVay offense, Andy Reid offense, um, Zach Taylor offense. Uh, stop hiring all these damn defensive coaches. You might want to get some offensive guys. I'm talking to you, Denver. I'm talking to you, Chicago. Just uh, um, hired a defensive person. Las Vegas. Probably gonna have to play against Aaron Rodgers. If Minnesota gets it together, you're gonna have to play against them. Detroit don't have to worry about, but still, I mean, you, you got to get an offensive guy now in this league. Uh, and, and thing is, people tell me, well, they just can hire an offensive coordinator. Yeah, but if he's good, he'll be gone in two years, and you have to hire yet another one. In Kansas City, in San Francisco, the Rams, Cincinnati, they don't have to do They don't care if their offensive coordinator leaves. They're, the coaches are pretty much calling the plays anyway, and they control the offense. So it's the, it, the league is now 65% offense, about 30% defense, and 5% special teams. Go out and get yourself an offensive guy. Denver, do not compete. Your defense isn't stopping Mahomes, Herbert, or Derek Carr. It's just not. You, you're going to have to get, you know, some offensive guy in there to compete. No, I, don't, no, I think Denver probably should go with the defense. That's <laughs> so, probably the best thought process for that team. Right but yeah, and you but, made the point about the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator being a hot commodity yeah, um, as a – Along the same lines, of what you just said. And McDermott's cool. a defensive coach. He's going to have to hire another one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well said. Well, shout out to, uh, for me, it's shout out to the Minnesota Vikings who hired um, not only a, uh, a black GM, but a very well qualified one. And I listened to um, his kind of opening, you know, speech to the press today. Um, I did not know who he was until his name popped up uh, a day or so ago. Um, but after doing some research and reading about him, um, I got real excited uh, about what I think could be not only a, a great match, but a great opportunity for someone who I feel like uh, deserves an opportunity and represents a lot of us who uh, are underrepresented when it comes to GM offices in the NFL. So Quasi Adolfo Minsa, um, you know, he, one of the things that I looked up and me almost initially was where did he start? And he was hired by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, 
you know, he's, he's also uniquely qualified. I mean, this is a Ivy league educated individual who's, who's got some, um, I think it's what his, his degree is in economics. I mean, this is not, this is not a, a, a person who was a ex football player and things of that nature. He he's, He's a smart dude who understands the game and has put in his time to develop his skill set. Um, he comes from Cleveland, which you know Jason's been telling us all season long has a really outstanding uh, a, a roster build, uh, and so I'm excited about that. So hats off to um, hats off to that to them. Uh, I really think that that you know it could be a very very interesting season. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to, to, to say real quickly is I've been seeing, you know, Biden's going to be able to pick a Supreme Court justice. Biden has said that he's going that he is going to pick a, a, a black female Supreme Court judge for the first single time. So I went and started doing some research on the on the names that are around there. And in doing the research, there was one name that stood out, Leandra Kruger. And um, then I did some more research and it turns out she actually had a summer associateship at the law firm that I work at. I did not know that when I thought about it. I just wanted to say that name out loud. I'm really hoping that someone like her ends up in a Supreme Court seat. It would be a massive, massive improvement over the horrible picks that we've had before. And while it won't change the 6-3 offset, but it will, you want to have somebody in the room who can tell all these people that are saying all these horrible things and voting down women's rights and voting down voting rights and, and you know, upholding gerrymandering. You want them to have to look someone like uh, Leandra Kruger in the eye and make that argument to her before they go out there on a piece of paper and read it out loud. So anyways, exciting stuff in that regard. And so that's a little bit more than a minute. Thanks. No, I appreciate that. That was great. Yeah, you should have been last, man. Um, yep. But word, nah, that so so mine is uh, January twenty fourth was uh, one year since my father passed. Uh, shout out to Glenn, Jerry, Boyd, man. Um, I'm nowhere, you know, without him and my mom and, and my sister and, and you guys, right? Because y'all my big brothers, you know. What I mean, you, you guys helped raise me too. So, but my dad, I'm just thankful to be his son. Thankful to be here now. This podcast, I you know, I I was I bring him up because he's the reason I'm a Raider fan. He's the reason I'm a Laker fan. He's the reason I understand the game. He's the reason I play golf came back with the club. So my sports life starts with that man and I'm, I'm super thankful for it. The Coliseum you see behind me, you know, shout out to Oakland always, man. I'm always an Oakland Raider. Um, I'll be in Vegas, please believe, but I'm always going to be an Oakland Raider. That's my dad. First game with him. My grandfather was uh, rest in peace, also an o Oakland Raider fan. So just thankful to be, to be his son. Thankful to, to be a part of this show with you guys and to, to talk about topics that him and I spoke about and, you know, my football knowledge, my basketball knowledge, baseball, sports in general comes from talking to him and understanding, you know, who came before me. So I really just love to my dad, man. Um, love you guys. Thank you for being a part of the show. And uh, man, I'm just excited to excited to keep it going, man. So that's our show, mm -hmm. January 27, 2022. You guys got any last words? Only that you were supposed to be last on this one. Yeah, exactly. Respect. Definitely. Respect. Yeah. Love you yeah. guys. I uh, love you guys and we'll we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening.